It's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Ospison, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon again, everybody. Welcome to the second hour of Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS with you until 6 o'clock this evening. Phone line open. 217-356-9397, 217-356-9397, sports editor of the News Gazette is here. Matt Daniels, how you doing, my friend? Good, Steve. How are you? Getting, getting through the Monday, all right? Yeah, it's almost game week. It is, isn't it? <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, it's hard to believe, but uh, almost here. And crazy to think that the college football season is uh, less than two weeks away. I kind of look at how things affect me as how they affect my golf schedule. <laughs> and uh, today I, I realized today's my last Monday to play golf because sorry, of Steve. the uh, football press conferences yeah. that are on each Monday of game week starting next week. I'm sure Brett Bielema can make an exception for you. Well, I kind of, you know. He's telling me got to go to Savoy National. You know, Ron Zook was kind enough to uh, put that on Tuesday. Tuesday, so right. Was there. He did do that. I'm sure it had nothing to do with my <laughs> golf schedule, but... It he was, did that for Lauren's golf schedule. It, so. it was fun anyway, but yeah, you're right. In the game week, almost, and uh, here before you know it, and even quicker than that is high school football. Yeah, that'll be here uh, August 26th, uh, first kickoff, or August 25th, actually. There's a few area games on that Thursday night. Uh, official shortages is, I believe, the reason why. There, there Some teams are kicking off uh, that Thursday night, and yeah, High school football on August 26th, the Illini on August 27th, and we're rocking and rolling. Speaking of official shortages, would you want to be a referee or an official at any level no. these days, especially scholastic or even younger? No. I wouldn't either, and then I could see why they have a problem getting young people interested in doing that. Yeah, and, and Scott. If they keep the parents out, I think it'd be fine. <laughs> Scott could probably speak to this. He used to be an umpire back in his. Yeah, and it's not days. always just the parents. There are some coaches that <laughs> sure. uh, I well had to threaten to throw them out of games, <laughs> and one was the grade school principal. Uh, so that was <laughs> that was a fun fun afternoon for me. But no, it's I can understand why people have. Fewer people have decided they want to officiate. And when you see videos of people, you know, bumping each other and tackling people on, on a basketball court and such. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I don't know that anyone ever, like, shows appreciation for, I'm sure there are people that appreciate what officials, you know, do, but uh, the all of the negativity that gets thrown their way um, from people yelling during the games to... Before the games, after the games, at every single moment, like it's a thankless job, and thankful. But but thankfully, there are still you know people that you know volunteer their time. Not I mean, they are get paid, but like it's they don't have to. This like is a second job. <laughs> yeah, and this is a, a second job for almost everyone. Officially, right. it's like high school sports. It's not you can't make a living 
doing that. So they love the sport, want to see you know, you know, kids do well, and maybe I don't know. This is a pipe dream, but maybe parents and coaches and some athletes will like just chill for a second and let officials kind of do their job. Doubtful. Oh yeah, no, it'll Doubtful. never ever happen. Never gonna happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, I had you know, and when I was umpiring like seven-year-old baseball games, the parents that were a little out of control. It's like, odds are your kid's not going to get a scholarship. And if he does, it's not for what he did as a seven-year-old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, let, let them learn the game and enjoy it before, you know, things get too crazy. Well, the Associated Press Top 25 College Football Poll came out today. And what Bob told us last week came to fruition, you were not the only one Thank to, goodness. to have Ohio State pick number one, like even though target. they ended up number two. Yeah, I don't like a target on my, on my back. And those Alabama people, I'm sure they're listening, they're crazy, okay? <laughs> I mean, they're out of their minds. Do you think they talk to officials nicely? Uh, no, they're not. They're not reasonable, but it's okay. I, 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 like, I like when people write me and say, how dare you vote X, Y, Z? I just write them back and say, hey, Kill him with the kindness, maybe throwing in a heart disease reference, get a little sympathy, but I'm never too worried about it. The biggest shock today, too, Steve, is uh, Nebraska somehow got a single got a vote. vote in the AP Top 25, and it was not Bob. Well, definitely one that wasn't me. Okay. No, I didn't even think about it. I had six Big Ten teams in. They didn't I, all make the, the official no, they Top did not 25. Make it. But th- that just means that their voters are wrong. <laughs> Alabama had 54 of the first-place votes. Ohio State had six. Georgia had three. There was no Texas in there. Like, uh, were they <laughs> the in, the, in, in the coaches' poll? Yeah, that's that was insane. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will say Southern Cal, or they're, they're 14th, 14th, I believe. Okay, they were 25th by poll, which I thought was high. Mm-hmm. I, I barely had them in. And I think that's crazy because they were 4-8 a year ago. I know they got a new coach who's great. New quarterback. And, and they have a new quarterback and the best receiver in the country. So they have a lot of, a lot of building blocks, but that still is a little bit out of whack in my mind. We'll see. Well, they did get one fourth-place vote. Right. Which, I don't know who that was. A lot of points was. there. Well, you can you can check. Yeah. yeah did, that's did, Re- did, Reggie, did Reggie Bush get his eligibility back and Matt uh, Liner? Maybe. Well, I'm telling you, the guy they got from – Pitt is awesome. Jordan Addison. He was great. Great player. Mm-hmm. And then Caleb Williams, Williams, the quarterback's really good. So this should be good. And Lincoln Riley is a great coach, but gosh, that's just doesn't make sense to me. They got bumped up because they're coming to Big Ten in a couple of years. Correct. So that's probably there you it. Go. Ohio State uh, was second. Of the Big Ten teams, Michigan number eight. Michigan State 15. Wisconsin number 18. There were six from the Southeastern Conference, five from the ACC four from the Big Ten, as I mentioned, three from the uh, Big 12, and three from the Pac-12 in uh, the preseason top 25. Do you ever uh, hang on to those preseason ones and then uh, in December look back at those oh, yeah. and see how the, how it comes out? And they're all, we're always really wrong. Right. There's always, I guarantee you there'll be a team right now that's not in the top 25 that will finish in the top, I'll say, 10, almost for sure. I don't know who that team is. There'll be something. Somebody will do that. It'd be somebody out of the blue like Indiana a couple of years ago just rises and the other way. You have teams in the top ten right now or top fifteen, and you look look back two four months and say, What was I thinking? And I think I think Southern Cal may be one of those teams. And Texas for the coaches certainly is gonna be one of those teams. They're mm-hmm. not gonna be they're first of all, look at their schedule. 
I think they play Alabama, don't they? I think Texas does. I think yes. you're right. Yeah, so that they're they're in trouble. The uh, top five again: Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Notre Dame. The second five: Texas A&M, Utah, Michigan, Oklahoma, and Baylor. As you guys know, I'm a graduate of a basketball school, which made the. <laughs> Are you uh, sure? Are you sure about uh, that? I'm sure. Of John Calipari, Mark apparently Stoops. Mark uh, Stoops is not aware <laughs> wow. of it, but I'm that pretty nasty. I think I know what kind of school the University of Kentucky is, although. They made the top 25 at number 20. I get them in the top 25. First time since 1978 since they uh, were in the preseason football top 25. Well, they returned their starting quarterback, who's pretty good. Um, I think, you know, Mark Stoops, he probably was most upset with John Calipari for saying, you know, Alabama, now there's a football school, and Georgia, there's a football school. You know, maybe the teams that Kentucky's going to have to try and beat, you know, not only on the field but in recruiting. And just gave them fodder for right. why would you ever go to Kentucky? They don't care about you. And Kentucky football, and Steve knows this, is way underrated. Really, uh, in terms of how people care about it, the place is full, right? It is. And they've got had good teams in uh, Mark Stoops, really good teams. They have, they don't have a great history, but they do have a history of attending, being at the games, showing up, and caring about the football. So. I think that was Calipari was. I don't like him anyway, but I would root for Mark Stubbs anyway in that fight. But I think this is. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of Calipari. No. And, and I was uh, in school down there when they built Commonwealth Stadium right. back in the early 70s. And basically, though, what it was, and it continued to be for a while, they got good crowds, but basically it was a party to, because there wasn't anything else to do. <laughs> and then they, they were all anticipating basketball season, so they got together at a football game to talk about the upcoming basketball season. Yeah, well, I won't be surprised if Kentucky has another you know, pretty successful season that uh, Mark Stoops looks elsewhere, maybe. If there's a, a good job that comes open, his name will be you know, at the top of a lot of people's lists. And um, I'd bail if I were him. Maybe to go play to a place that is more of a football school. Yeah, two two points I'll make about Lexington, Kentucky, and their basketball obsession is uh, I was there, and I believe it was 2006 on a Friday night, mid-October. Uh, myself and a few other colleagues at the Daily Eastern News were on our way to Richmond, Kentucky, to cover Eastern Eastern Kentucky football uh, game the next day, and we stopped at Hooters in Lexington on a Friday night, and uh, they had obviously about 25 TVs on, and. Uh, Cardinals, Mets, and the NLCS was on at the time, so they're all switched on there. And then about 8 o'clock or so, every TV and everyone's attention turned away, not only from their delicious wings they were eating and also the sights and sounds of Hooters, but to lock in on Midnight Madness practice at Rupp Arena, which was sold out. Uh, it was just jam-packed. Like it was someone flipped a switch, and every TV in the establishment went to Kentucky men's basketball practice. Um, and also, too, I know there's animosity between John Calipari and Mark Stoops that has reared its public head the past couple of days. Well, there's kumbaya here in Champaign because Brad Underwood was at wow. Illinois football practice today. I saw at him the, the way at the out. scrimmage. I saw him the way out and talked to him briefly. And yeah, he was he's fired up. I think he's a big fan. It would make sense for him to be. So I don't think you're going to see a Brad Underwood, Brett Bielema. No, tiff, no, no. Uh, in, in regards to football school basketball. You talk school. about Mark Stoops maybe moving on at some point. Uh, let me tell you another coach that did that. Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. Who was a basketball <laughs> Turned coach. Turned out pretty well. <laughs> he was a football coach at when Kentucky. Adolph Rupp was there, of mm-hmm. course. And he said, well, I can see where this is at. And 
where this is going and off he went. Well, you have to think too, and this is just kind of flashed into my head here these last few minutes while we're talking about it, but uh, you know, Kirk Ferentz is going to retire someday at Iowa. You know, Mark Stoops. Wow. That would be exactly. a, head on. That would be a, a home run hire for the folks in Iowa. City. That would be a great, that's a great thought. I think there's some people I've asked about different coaches and I know they don't, don't want to hire internally. Mm-hmm. If they do hire internally, might be the um, special teams coach. Okay. But that's but that's the only one really considered. Really raises the needle outside well, of us. <laughs> <laughs> foreign player, foreign player, Lavar Woods, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So right. that makes some sense. But other than that, yeah, I think you're right. Mark Stoops would be great candidate there since he family's all from there. That everybody knows him. So well, that just assumes that Kirk Ferentz will ever retire because <laughs> he true. looks the same as he did 20 years ago when he got the job. All Mark Stoops, ha- all, all Mark Stoops has to say to John Calipari is, "Go Peacocks." And bring up the St. Peter's <laughs> loss Good in the NCAA tournament. So what they'll just have a that? knockdown drag <laughs> exactly. out in the parking just lot. Let, let it continue. I think I'd take Mark Stoops in the fight over John Calipari, too. Yeah. I, th- I, think I think one of the be. football players said that, uh, tweeted this actually, he said, well, at least we didn't lose the St. Peter's. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I mean, Kentucky football teams won their last four bowl games, and you know, the Kentucky basketball team hasn't won a postseason game since 2019. So maybe it's a football school. Maybe. Maybe. We're off and running on uh, hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk, and it is 5.23. We're here until 6. If you'd like to join us, 217-356-9397. Stay with us. We're back with more after this. Welcome back to Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly with Matt Daniel, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. Talking Illinois sports and whatever else might uh, be on your mind, if you'd like to join us at 217-356-9397. Feeling kind of like uh, football weather on 77 right now, but certainly uh, down about 20 degrees from what <laughs> we've been used to here in August. Although, Scott, I'm thinking that uh, Brett Bielma wouldn't mind some of that uh, human weather coming back before the start of the season in under two weeks now because it's probably going to be that way on August the 27th. Yeah, he mentioned that at Illinois' media day on Saturday that he's probably the only person in Champaign <laughs> complaining that the the weather was so nice over the last week or so. Because, yeah, inevitably, on August 27th at 3 p.m. at Memorial Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a lot. <laughs> and then 10 degrees hotter on the turf field. So um, we'll see. I, I, for one, am fine if it just wants to stay in the upper 70s forever. That'd be That'd be great. Well, that's just one thing, too. If you think about this Illinois football schedule that's intriguing is because I think we can all agree that the first half of the schedule is a lot more favorable than the, the back oh, half no question. Uh, uh, of the slate at all. But you're dealing, too, with not kind of coaches obviously love routines. Players, I think, get into routines based on what their, their programs are. But you're looking at kind of a stop and start to the, the mm. first third of, of the season because you play at 3 p.m. On, on August 27th and you've got a quick turnaround. I mean, that game's not going to go over against Wyoming until 6, 6.30. you got that night to kind of recover and then jump back in it because you got the Friday night kickoff at right. Indiana. And then you go back to a 3 p.m. kick on September 10th against Virginia, arguably the most marquee uh, of the two non-conference home games, uh, especially after what the Cavaliers did to the Illini last year in Charlottesville. And then you've got to adjust then the following game because you're off that following Saturday and then a Thursday night kickoff against an FCS program that everyone is going to think Illinois is going to roll away with the win, which they should. Always they've, do. They've never lost to an FCS right. program. 
Uh, and then you get into October where it kind of becomes more traditional and routine with Saturday kickoffs and against Big Ten teams. But how they manage all of that, I think, is going to be uh, a storyline that's not really well covered and it's not that huge a deal, but it's an interesting aspect. It's, it's hard to address because you don't know how the guys are going to react. You don't know how the depth right now at Illinois football on both sides of the ball is kind of un- unclear. Mm-hmm. It could be good. We don't know. If the guys that they're counting on step up, play well, might be fine, but they could have a problem early in the season. We'll what see. makes it even more interesting is this team has to have a good August slash September. Yeah. I think you. I if think, there's any bowl holes, I think exactly. I think if you're looking for that six win, that path to six wins and, and a bowl spot, I think going into October, Illinois has to be at least three and one, if not four and zero. Oh. I mean, because you've got Wyoming, uh, Indiana. Virginia, Chattanooga, first four games. On paper, it doesn't seem too crazy to say, yeah, well, it could be 3-1 and one or, heck, even 4-0 and oh, because then when the Big Ten play rolls around, got to go up to Camp Randall, then Iowa comes to Champaign the next week, and then it's like, oh, boy, right. here we go. Well, they had another scrimmage today, Bob. I'm guessing um, just from being around and – uh, sports over the years and covering situations like this, they got to be really tired of looking uh, at each other. Oh yeah, no, they got to be ready to hit somebody of, else. He sort of talked about that, and yes, we didn't get invited in. By the way, we were not allowed to watch, uh, but I, we heard about it, and there was some good on good. It was you know first against first. Well, maybe not much of that actually. I think it was more of a getting closer to being ready for the first game, and not making sure nobody gets hurt. That's important to this team. So. As he said, a couple of times, he pulled some guys out fairly early in the thing so they wouldn't get hurt, which I think that's great. I would do that anyway. Well, you've got guys that you know what you've got, right? Right. <laughs> you, don't Browns, need, you don't need to see Chase Brown get tackled anymore, right. and uh, even though I don't know how much tackling they're doing, but you don't need Sidney Brown in there. You know no. what you've got there, and you, you know what you got with a couple of the offensive linemen. Um, certainly, it's not as deep an offensive line group. Uh, Scott is... Uh, the line I've seen over the past, they've got some some guys that I think will move in there, and and uh, obviously somebody's got to play, right? But uh, I don't think they go as deep there along the uh, the front. I mean, I think they have seven, mm-hmm. and if you need more, then your season might be trending in the wrong direction anyway, just because that would mean you know either injuries or just players that had not you know played to their full potential, but. Uh, that at first, I, I mean, the offensive line is just like most other positions on the online roster. The first group, okay. I mean, there's you can see some talent there. It's just, you know, if something should happen, the drop off from you know the first string to the second string in several positions is pretty steep. Did uh, you guys try to talk to all 118 players the other day? I tried. I ordered them to. Did you? Yeah. Well, it's impossible. So I <laughs> sure it is. I know. I picked and choose, and also like if like we we had Alex Palczewski today, but like he's been here for six years. I've asked him a lot of the questions I could probably think of. So I, Illinois football media day it often turns into freshman media day because the first right. time, first and only. Yeah, because first first time we get to talk to them, and then the next we, time we, is we, if they play. Right? They've, they've never been interviewed in high school ever. They, they've never except had to answer reporters' except questions. For exactly. Yeah. They've never had to do that, though. That old antiquated notion of freshmen, oh, got to carry the bags and pay your dues. 
still exists. Yeah, so I wound up talking to a lot of the freshmen. And then uh, a couple you know, veterans, uh, Calvin Avery, who seems poised for maybe reaching what has been you know, a lot of potential that he just hasn't tapped into in his career. And uh, but, but be a story in Tuesday's News Gazette on one of the freshmen, Matthew Bailey, because he's probably going to play. It sounds like he – Cindy Brown was out for a bit um, in the second week of camp, and Matthew Bailey was in his spot with the first-string defense and you know, was repped with the ones and twos pretty much the majority of camp. So yeah, that's, uh, I think, one of maybe a few freshmen that you could see you know, play early this season. Matt, as a sports editor, are you dealing uh, and doling out assignments for – but I'm guessing is an annual uh, preseason Illini football, college football edition. Uh, yeah, we haven't really delved too much into that. Honestly, we've, we've focused a lot on on our high school football uh, special section. We've been covering Illinois football pretty consistently on a, on a daily basis here uh, for the better part of the, the past month or so, and uh, just doling out assignments like that, especially a lot of late night assignments. Because unlike in years past, we're not really sure what training camp schedule is like, so a lot of uh, communication late at night but no we've been we've been hitting it pretty hard here uh throughout and uh no plans right now to have kind of a standalone special section that could change uh we've all had to adapt on the fly uh before but uh right now just uh kind of the run of mill we'll still have plenty of uh coverage uh coming up every saturday and friday and thursday too i guess when illinois football plays uh this season with our usual assortment of uh game day coverage that we have and uh, make some tweaks here and there but uh yeah no no real plans as of right now for just kind of a standalone special section with uh with that in regards to illinois football and college football illinois football had media day on saturday as we uh had mentioned and then you kind of had a you guys kind of had a media day of your own yeah here in i mean this that's building right that's yeah exactly on on saturday we had our our faces of the fall uh photo shoot for our high school athletes uh this is on top of about a seven day span here at the beginning of august where we did something new this year where we uh had basically high school football media days we brought in uh, three, three to four players from uh, and a coach from 34 area high school teams that made their way here to Champaign. Uh, you'll see the the efforts of that in our mostly in our, our special section and also here on these airwaves too. Is we're going to broadcast eight high school football games this fall on 97.5 FM. Uh, but also on Saturday we had uh, we had almost 300 high school athletes show up from around the area and on top of the f- uh, high school football players that showed up earlier. Uh, we had 370 athletes that stopped by here, uh, and you're going to see their photos all throughout the fall uh, in the pages of the News Gazette. And it's a really fun day that we've really grown to embrace around here. I know Kyle Nikas, our preps coordinator, he's the quarterback of, of that massive project. Uh, having done that before in the past, it's quite the undertaking. Uh, but we had the, a lot of fun on social media play out on Snapchat and Twitter. And uh, like, you, like I said, you'll see those kind of played out uh, throughout, uh, the fall and also too, with Illinois football, hopefully everyone got a copy of, of Sunday's news Gazette because we had a ton of Illinois football coverage in there. I felt, I mean, Scott had a big in-depth story on a new offensive coordinator, Barry Lenny Jr. Lauren Tate tried to predict the <laughs> how many wins Illinois would get, <laughs> which I'm sure he loved doing. Uh, not like that. No. Uh, Scott broke down the entire Illinois football roster, uh, learned quite a bit reading that. 
and then Bob had five questions. You know, I was intrigued to hear from you know Jason Hegemeyer, the the U of I's ticket right. manager too, and he kind of predicted the right now projections are for about thirty five thousand or so for the for the home opener against Wyoming. So uh, we'll see how that all unfolds. Well, hopefully they'll get a walk-up crowd Yeah, uh, to, to add to that mm-hmm. number. What did they have last year? 41, I think, for the— Yeah, I believe so, 41. And I, I've, you think back to last year, too, that was the first big sporting event in mm-hmm. Champaign in 18 months or so. So I think that had a lot to do with it. Also had the fact that Nebraska usually travels well. Yeah, don't you know had a new coach. New coach. Uh, don't know if you're going to see the same type of crowd from Wyoming. It is a little bit farther from Laramie to Champaign than Lincoln to, to Champaign. But— yeah, I think with Illinois football, it's just it's it's always you know you got to stack the wins up, and then I think people will start showing out. Until then, it's kind of wait and see approach. Wyoming was a bowl team again last year, and and Bob, a lot of people aren't uh, really giving them a whole lot of uh, preseason accolades. But you think they'll be better than I do than some? Uh, I definitely do, and I think the fact that they've gone to I think they've won three bowls in a row. Is, I think the first time they've ever done that in their program's history. And I think Craig Bull is a terrific coach. And Brett, Brett Bielema was asked about him today, talked about the respect he has and all that kind of good stuff. But I think that team will be prepared. They lost a ton of starters. But as was pointed out, out to me, they got a bunch of guys that were ready to play. They were not starters last year. So they he, they thought they'll be better that way. And they lost some kind of people that were not probably – in tune with, to where they were, and some of the people, not all of them, but some of them were probably addition to by subtraction, which you hear about. So I think they'll be – the fact they're only 10-point – Illinois is only a 10-point favorite. Is that right? That light is never – That's the line I saw, yeah. Okay, so 10. That's a, home field is three points or four points. So Vegas basically thinks Illinois is six points better or seven points better. So that's not a whole lot. It tells me they're thinking Wyoming, which has been to balls and knows how to play. Might be a little better. That game could be closer than people think. They've only beaten one Big Ten team ever, so Correct. That, that's one reason they're a underdog, certainly. That's coming up a week from Saturday. We're coming up on 540 on Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll talk some Illinois basketball and some other Illinois sports activities as well. When we continue here on DWS, stay with us. Moving up on 545, hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. We told you about the... College Football Associated Press Top 25 coming out uh, today. Matt, the Volleyball's Top 25 came out. And the Illini found themselves in there at number 17. Three Big Ten teams in the top five. Yeah, uh, as, as Chris Thomas will say over and over again, and, and he's right when he says this, you know, the Big Ten's the best volleyball conference in the country, and uh, Illinois has got its work cut out for itself like it does every year, but coming off the Sweet 16, uh, performance last season, uh, some key returnees coming back, and Diana Brown at center, Raina Terry on the outside, Kennedy Collins at the middle. Uh, they've got the the makings of a, a quality team. And what Scott, they they start uh, really good test in their their first match too. Georgia Tech they play down in Oxford, Mississippi. The same right around the same day, Illinois football day. opens up, and Georgia Tech came in, I believe, ninth. In the the top twenty five, that came they out are, today. and then the next weekend they'll be in. Uh, Boulder, Colorado, for the Pac-12 Big Ten Challenge, where they'll play number eight, Washington. So they get two top ten teams the first two weeks of the season. Um, so it'll be, I'll be curious to see if Illinois is still ranked by the time they actually play their first match at Huff Hall, which is uh, almost a month after the season starts. 
Well, nice to be uh, recognized, at least uh, in the preseason, and we'll see how it plays out. Not so good news for Illinois soccer. Picked uh, 14th in uh, the Big Ten. Yeah, uh, Jen Rayfield's program kind of took a step back uh, last season. Uh, finished 13th in the Big Ten last year. Uh, scoring goals was a, a big problem for, for the program last year. Uh, for several years. Yeah, they'll, they'll get uh, basically every year since Janelle Flaws left because mm-hmm. she scored all the time and they just haven't found anyone to do the same yeah no they they got to get the the program kind of back on on the right footing there they get the first crack of any illinois team this upcoming school year uh thursday night at demersion park uh they host illinois state 7 p.m match and then they got toledo coming in on sunday as well so yeah uh, sports is back it's it's back here in champaign this week and uh we'll, we'll see if uh, janet rayfield's team can can rebound this season well we've talked a lot about uh, a lot of different sports but we can't uh, let any show go by without talking some Illinois basketball, even when there's nothing going on. Players aren't here. They're not back yet. Not a whole lot of recruiting news, but give us some tidbits, Mr. Ritchie, on Illinois basketball. Anything shaken? I think the the only thing that's like actually happening right now um, is the FIBA U16 European Championship in uh, North Macedonia. And uh, no use indecitis, the St. Rita guard, uh, plays for Mean Streets. He is playing for the Lithuanian national team, and he's. I uh, went through every roster um, of the teams that are. I'm sorry that are playing. Well, I was just <laughs> curious to see if because he's. I think the only American that's uh, or American-born player that's on one of the national teams. Obviously, he has dual citizenship mm-hmm. with Lithuania because he's playing. But um, he started every game so far in pool play. Uh, was their leading scorer yesterday in a big win against Israel. So I mean, it's a really good opportunity for him. Uh, just to play, you know, a different at a different level on the international stage, and he's clearly a top Illinois target in the class of twenty twenty four, you know, with his teammates Mirez Johnson Jr. and James Brown, of course. And if Illinois can get those three plus Easy Clark, I mean, there's your twenty twenty four class, and you call it good. But what's up? What's up with the twenty twenty three class? It's not well, so well. Good. Nothing right now. Okay. I mean, there's still. I mean, nothing has changed either. They're still on Amani Hansberry watch, and you know, he announced his top five. Couple weeks ago, couple weeks ago, this point, yeah, it's uh, all kind of blurs together. But Illinois is, I mean, he's their priority, maybe only, only priority in the class right now. And yeah, I think in a good spot to get a commitment from him. But you just never know. I mean, they've done everything they can, and then you're at the whims of a teenager at that point. But even if they don't get a Monty Hansberry, which I'm not saying they won't, so don't freak out. <laughs> um, the transfer portal is always there and this is going to be a small class anyway just based on projected i don't know how you actually project number of scholarships <laughs> anymore because who knows what happens in the off season. but if nothing crazy happens there was only going to be the one that's open now and matthew myers for sure maybe terrence shannon juniors if he you know opts to head to the nba after one season in champagne so it was going to be a huge class and with five freshmen incoming this year i think you add older guys in the portal in the portal for two seasons from now one of the uh, things that i know that you've been focusing on and i'm sure that the coaching staff has as well is leadership of this ball club is there is there somebody that uh, is going to take that role over it's just been kind of kind of um, handled by trent frazier and Demonte williams in the past of course io in there when he was here and and uh, that's is it a concern it's it's something to be 
to focus on a little bit, but I don't know what the answer is. Maybe they don't either at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Brad Underwood knows yet, and I, mean, there, I think there's options there. It's just the interesting thing about this roster is the older guys are new. Right. You know, Terrence Shannon Jr., Matthew Meyer, it's a first season in Champaign. Um, from what Brad Underwood has said, Coleman Hawkins had his best summer, maybe since you know he's been at Illinois, and I think you know getting him to be a leader could be you know big. And then there's always Luke Goody, former high school quarterback. That's you know Brad's big thing, and you know a guy he'd want on his side in a Pizza Hut parking lot. <laughs> so I think you know Luke could could fill some of that role. Um, Sky Clark, who's going to be the point guard, he's going to have the ball in his hands. I think there's some natural leadership from that position. Um, so it might be kind of like NFL does running back by committee. Uh, I don't know could do leader by committee. Well, it'll be interesting, too, with this group. Yes, they are all new, and, and we're all going to find out their, their personalities, their quirks, what they're like on the court, off the court in these next coming months or so as the winter uh, fast approaches, too. But this group has somewhat of an advantage over the last two Illinois teams in that they've actually been able to have kind of a full, normal summer to get acquainted with themselves, to go through uh, what strength and conditioning coach Adam Fletcher does to kind of as as much as Brad Underwood talks about Pizza Hut parking lots, I think he also talks about culture probably a bit more, and that's a huge buzzword uh, that he likes to, to throw out there, and they've had a chance to build that culture this summer, whereas in the past, you know, they really haven't had, the past two years at least, they haven't had that opportunity in the summer. Let's talk a little Major League Baseball. You got three Cardinal fans and a Braves fan. In the room, how the how the Braves doing? You okay with that? One six in a row, but got got the Mets coming up, so it could be could be tough. Well, make the playoffs is all I really care about at this point. If you get to play them, you got a chance, right? That's right. Give it a ch- give it a shot. Was Cardinals that a throwback Sunday at Bush Stadium yesterday. It was, wasn't it? It was nice. Coming off a, a big uh, series that had a feel of playoff baseball with the Brewers in town, the Cardinals. Went into the series a game and a half ahead. They came out a game and a half ahead, but uh, there was a two or three pretty good baseball games in between there. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, what Albert Pujols did on Sunday at Bush just kind of adds to his uh, his Cardinals legacy and uh, his eventual induction into to Cooperstown there. And uh, I think it's really cool too to see that this season. I think we all kind of thought, okay, yeah, it's great, great decision by the Cardinals to bring back one of their all time greats for his final season, but. Can he still play? Is he going to be a liability? Are we going to get into mid-August and he's going to be hitting a buck fifty and not really sure? It looked that way early in the season. It did. <laughs> it did. And really here in this last six weeks or so, he's turned into one of the better hitters in, in the Cardinals lineup. And, I mean, just the watching that second home run he hit yesterday, that three-run shot, that was like, you know, 2004, 2005 pool holes and just the – the the celebration that he had too. That, did you happen to notice the in looking at the replay? Did you notice the Milwaukee catcher and, and the he just dropped his head <laughs> and the outfielders didn't move. Exactly, it was like uh, it was like the 2005 NLCS when he hit that shot off Brad Lidge at well, I was uh, say, in Houston. If Brad Lidge was watching. He said PTSD <laughs> from that moment. Yeah, I think the the key for the Cardinals is, is going to be what's kind of been their. Their bugaboo all season long at times is is just their their starting pitching. Uh, you know, obviously they losing two out of three last week, and in Colorado is kind of deflating. But again, who knows how much of that is course field? It'd be really even more deflating if they were to lose two out of three this week to the Rockies in St. Louis. Um, 
But, you know, Jordan Montgomery, Jose Quintana, Adam Wainwright. I mean, heck, he, it's hard to fathom, too. I mean, Pools is 42, and what he's doing is pretty impressive. But Adam Wainwright, every fifth day, takes the ball out there. And as a 40-year-old, you know you're going to get a, a quality effort from him. And if not, he's going to... I'm sorry, Bobby's. I don't. I don't talk about him. Okay, fair enough. That's, that's, that's a hard, <laughs> one of the best <laughs> trades of all time, <laughs> or worth one of the worst. Uh, but I mean, they they it just, just again comes back to kind of their starting pitching and and where where they go will really kind of I think take this Cardinals team come October. Cardinals are off tonight. They play Colorado starting tomorrow night. The Cardinals have that one and a half game lead over uh, Milwaukee with a sixty three and. 51 record going into uh, this week's play. The Cubs are at Washington tonight. Cubs at 47 and 66. The White Sox have uh, a big series with Houston mm-hmm. in town. And uh, the Sox are 59 and 56. And all of a sudden they're two and a half games back. Yeah, I think for them it's just to get into October and right. get, in, get into the playoffs. I mean, they've underachieved so far in the regular season for a team that won the AL Central pretty handily last season and then just completely tanked in, in the postseason and you'd have to think if, if they miss out on the playoffs this year that Tony the Russa experiment on the south side of Chicago is probably going to come to an end after this season. One golf note the U.S. Amateur Golf Tournament out of New Jersey began today with three Illini in the field Tommy Cool, Adrian Dumont de Chazart also playing as is Pearson Hunt this is a brutal week of golf <laughs> if you can stay alive there's 312 Amateurs teeing Yikes. it up today. Hmm? That's, a, that's a twice as big as a PGA yeah, Tour is. field. It is. And after 36 holes of stroke play, those that are in the top 64 will start in the match play. And that continues as long as you stay alive. So uh, Tommy Cool had a round of 72, which is two over par on the course that he played today. The other guys were still on the course in the round one as the, the last time I looked there, but we'll keep an eye on that as the week goes along. We'll take our final break. Be back with some final words after this. We're about a minute before 6 o'clock as we wrap up Monday night sports talk here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Matthew, what's coming up in the Tuesday News Gazette? Yeah, we got Scott's story on uh, Matthew Bailey, the, the freshman from Moline, who's uh, making his contributions on the Illinois football team. Bob's going to have a column on 10 Illinois athletes, aren't you, Bob? I am. you got to finish almost, it after the show done, right. on uh, 10 Illinois athletes to kind of keep an eye out on this school year with move-in coming this week as well. And uh, Golf tournament over at Urbana Country Club uh, today. Uh, Tiger Kickoff Classic had uh, Robin Schultz, our photo editor, over there. So, so look at, be on the lookout for some golf photos there as well. It's coming up in the Tuesday edition of the News Gazette. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. We'll talk to you again soon right here. Thanks to Ed Bond, our engineer. We'll talk to you soon on DWS. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.